Okay, well, real quick, Mom already gave a topic. So what was the topic again? Nigeria when he was little. Okay, what do you remember about Nigeria when you were little? I first went to Nigeria when I was about two and a half years old. So I don't remember a lot about it, but I know that my folks got me a pilot logbook, and I had we went on British Airways, so I had my logbook entry signed by the captain on the plane. That was before 9-11. Now they won't let you anywhere near the captain on the plane, but they used to let us little kids go up there into the cockpit on the airline planes, and the captain would always welcome us and shake our hand and sign our logbooks, and then we were in Lagos, Nigeria, which at that time was the capital of Nigeria. We were there for my dad was working as an accountant, keeping books for the, the press, for the, the, put out a magazine, monthly magazine, and, and we moved from there up to Kano, Nigeria, which is up in the north, for my parents to have Hausa language training. And that was where, in 1960, when Nigeria got its independence from Great Britain, Queen Elizabeth came, and I got to see her as she drove down the street in Kano, celebrating their independence. And, uh, was she in a carriage or just a car? It, it was a convertible car, so she was sitting in the back seat of the car waving to people with her. She still waves think, the same way, even though she's 90-some years old now. That was back in 1960. But, and I have to ask for Sarah, was she wearing a big hat? <laughs> it was not a big hat, but she had a hat, but... As I remember, hands. it wasn't a big one. It would have blown off, and that would have been very undignified. <clears throat> but, but you remember that when you were three? I do remember that, standing out by the airport road as she drove in. There weren't many roads that were paved in Kano at that time, but that was the main main road that came in and went by the mission. Went by the airport. Went out to the airport, mm-hmm. Were your parents with you at that? Yes. Well, I know my dad was. I don't remember if my mom was. Mm-hmm. Because I was just a little kid following along with him. Mm-hmm. And for him, until he came to the States following my mom there, before they were married, and she had told him she didn't want to say no, but she couldn't say yes when he asked her She'd marry him in Nigeria for us. So he followed her here to the States. And, but he was an Englishman, so when Queen Elizabeth came to Kano, it was very close to his heart because he was born and raised in London, which was mm-hmm. her home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, then the other thing that I remember from that same time, from my third birthday, my dad got me my first bicycle. And he brought it home. He 
had his bicycle that he bought, and he bought one for Mom. Didn't buy one for Paul yet. He wasn't, but he was here 14 months behind me, so he he couldn't get on a bicycle yet. But mm -hmm. Dad got the smallest bike that he could find in Kano for me, and it was a good bike, but if I sat on the seat, I couldn't reach the pedals. So he took the seat off and made a wooden seat with a leather covering on it for me. And then he made some, put some blocks on the pedals so I could reach the pedal. And he would set me on it and hold me while I started to ride. And when I could, he thought that I had my balance well enough, he let go without telling me. And then he'd run along and they got moved from six months of language study in Kano to a bush station of Karefa. And at Karefa they worked at a dispensary where they took care of people coming in with whatever injuries or illnesses they might have. And Dad didn't like blood and he didn't like, he said he'd never be able to do that, but after he met my mom, who was a young single lady missionary in Nigeria, saw what she was doing. He went back, and while he was in London, he went to the Missionary School of Medicine and got some training there. And uh, Because Grandma was doing things like delivering babies and helping in the medical clinic, and yep. she was doing a lot of medical-type things. Yep, mm-hmm. Was your first bike a two-wheeler then? Yep. Mm -hmm. Never had a tricycle? As a Don't kid? think so. No, because in Chicago, we were in an up, uh, apartment, upstairs apartment in Chicago, and there wasn't anywhere to use a tricycle. Was Chicago when you were younger? Or I was born in, uh, younger. Yeah. Because I was, was born while Mom and Dad were in Chicago. And uh, memories that I have of Chicago were of Dad teaching me how to put a broomstick or a baseball bat under a box to be able to push it to roll it when it was too heavy to pick up and we had to move all our stuff out of the apartment and we had to go down the stairs to get it down to the road to be transported, what was being sent to Nigeria. And how old were you then? Two and a half. You remember that? Wow. I remember trying to push the boxes across the floor to the stairs and being shown how to put a bat or something under it to roll it on so you could move it. Wow. And, uh, but when we got to Karefa, that was a place that had a dirt road to get to it. And in the rainy season, the river was too high to get across with a car. And so folks would have a, a guy who was their messenger who would go into Kano and get stuff for him on a bicycle. And they'd come back once a week. They could get their mail and stuff brought in that way on the bike. But there at Karefo, 
that could set me on my bike and didn't have to worry about traffic or cars or anything because there weren't any there. Mm-hmm. And he could get me going down the the road and then he'd get on his bike and ride past me and catch me at the other end to turn me around to send me back home because <laughs> I couldn't get on and off the bike by myself. That I was, wasn't big enough to. And uh, when I got big enough to be able to, he'd just take the blocks off the pedals and eventually got... That was what I was riding when I went to school and I had to leave it at home so I could only ride it when we came home at Christmas and summer. Did he end up putting the new, the old seat back on? I don't remember ever having the old seat back on. And uh, when I got big enough that that bike was getting too small, it was also the time that I was learning how to ride Dad's bike with my leg through underneath the bar because I wasn't tall enough to swing my leg up over his bike yet so I could ride it That sounds very uncomfortable. But it worked. For a, for a little for, kid it works. For, a, for a third well, it was first and second grade. Second grade I was still riding on my bike. But Paul got a bike then but he got one of the American style bikes where you put the back pressure on the pedals and it hit the brake on the back wheel and uh, that was different. What kind of brakes they, were on uh, your first bike? Had the hand the brakes. Hand brakes? Yeah. On a three year old bike? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. They had front brake and a back brake. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And that's the same bike that you were taught on and when we got to go back to Niger in summer 2016 mm-hmm. and the guys that were they're talking about how I had taught them how to ride a bicycle on your bike and I got to tell them that yeah that bike that they were learning on with Rachel was the bike that my dad taught me on <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so who watched you in Chicago didn't your grandma watch you when your mom was working and your dad was in school some of the time I think she might have I don't Man. remember though I don't all I know I is that you, you and your brother got in a lot of trouble, even though you were pretty little. And I don't remember ever getting in trouble in Chicago. First I remember getting in trouble with Paul was in, in Carafa. Is that when you cut each other's hair? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought that was in Chicago. No. Mm-mm. So how old were you two when you cut each other's hair? Well, it was before we went to school. It would have been like four or five years old. Maybe. And how much hair did you cut? It's well, not how much is where you cut it, right? I don't know. It was it was on his head and my head, and I didn't. Well, we'd seen people cutting hair, and we just figured, hey, mom and dad were at work, and we were playing around, found some scissors, so we thought, hey, let's cut hair. Four so and five, did. and they're by themselves. <laughs> did you cut each other's hair? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You cut his, and he cut yours. I think so, but I don't really remember that. I just remember that we cut each got hair and got in trouble for messing it up because oh. we'd cut places where it was too short for mom to be able to fix it so it had to out, had to grow back out so but, that was the first time you gave a haircut yeah <laughs> but I, I learned from that when I was in high school I cut hair for money and I had a deal that, with my classmates because a lot of them didn't that was back in the hippie days when people liked to have their hair long and uh, we had 
dress code at school that included hair length. And if their hair was getting down over their collar too much, they'd get in trouble. So I had a deal with them that if I cut their hair and they didn't like the way it was cut when they got done, they could cut mine. And I didn't ever want one of them to cut mine. So I was very particular about cutting theirs the way they wanted it cut. And I never had one of them get to cut mine. But one of the gals from the lower grade, sister of one of my best friends and cycling buddies, she asked me if I'd help teach her how to cut hair. She's now down in Fort Worth as a professional Fort haircutter. Wayne. Fort Wayne as a professional haircutter. <laughs> I didn't know you taught Mary how to do it. Yeah. And I hmm. can't claim to teaching her a lot of the skills she may have, but I know I did teach her about pay attention to what they want done. And if they don't like it, they'll get even with you one way or the other. <laughs> so. Remember when you wanted me to cut your hair when we, when we lived in Marathi? Mm-hmm. Oh, I just couldn't do it. It was just too stressful. Did you tell her how to do it? I don't remember how I... I just remember sitting there while she was trying to do it and getting frustrated. I think someone else... Who did it? Did you do your own or did someone else do it? I did my own. Mm-hmm. You cut mine and then I let it grow out, so it was just, I just pulled it out, ponytail. But I didn't get how to cut your hair and it was just frustrating. What did you do with the money that you made off of cutting people's hair in high school? It wasn't very much, but it was enough that I could buy candy or pop at the student lounge at school. And, uh, what was your favorites? Did you have favorite pop or candy? Not really that I can remember. And I know that I kept enough money to be able to buy tires parts for my bike. Because when I got to high school, mom and dad had been moved up to Niger, which was a French colony, and so it was French country. And it was hard there to get parts for an, an English bike, and so Dad bought a Peugeot bike, and so I got his bike. So, high school, I rode the bike that my dad got for himself when he got my first bike, and uh, I would. By that time, my mom's only brother had had multiple heart attacks, and I didn't want to have that happen to me, so I figured I'd keep myself in shape by riding my bike, and I'd get in usually 10 miles before breakfast each morning, and I'd ride down from the hostel down to Evangel Hospital, which was an easy ride because that was all downhill, but then it meant us coming back was all <laughs> uphill, and it was about five miles each way then, so... 10 miles before breakfast, and then after breakfast would be time to go to school, and the rest of the students could ride the bus, and I'd ride my bike. They had a bus? And it was, yeah, they had a oh, bus. I didn't realize yeah. they had a bus. Yeah, it was a, a blue and white school bus. 
and uh, uh, okay. but I could usually beat the boss. It was they had to stop and start, and I could take roads that the boss didn't use and get there more directly than the boss could. Did other people ride with you on your morning rides? Not not usually. Um, sometimes one of my classmates would ride to school at the same time I did. So that, then it would become a race between the two of us, but not very often. Usually I would ride by myself. But on the weekend, so that would be like 10 miles each day, but then on, I'd try to get in 100 miles on, on Saturday. And I'd would ride out the same road out past Evangel and just keep keep going out there because there was a mission station. I don't remember exactly how far, but it was somewhere between 40 and 50 miles. And so I would check on Friday in town and see if they had any mail. And if they had mail, I'd take it out to them on Saturday. And they were so generous when I would get there. She'd always have some like brunch, something fixed to be able to eat and drink there. And, and then I'd turn around and head back to Joss. For, so that would be my my Saturday. But I didn't I didn't like running and I didn't participate in sports. But I would ride my bike and. My one classmate who often rode with me on the weekends when we'd go someplace or if we were taking a trip going somewhere, we'd often try and ride together. But we had a, an agreement that if anybody passed us, we would pass them back. And we had to watch that one because sometimes when we'd be coming through town, we might have already ridden 70, 80 miles and some kid on a bike would think it was cool to went past these white people riding their bike. And uh, if we had somebody pass us, we had to pass them back. So we'd keep an eye out for guys like that and do our best not let them pass us. <laughs> Who did you ride with on weekends? Uh, Peter Haney. Peter, that's mm -hmm. what I thought, maybe Peter, yeah. Yep. What is the longest and distance that you've ever ridden your bike? In one no. day? Or, or one, one trip? 191 miles, I think, was probably my longest. Where was that to? That was from Weberville to Huntington, Indiana. And that was... Uh, when did you do that? A few years ago when Nance was taking a English as a second language class. She'd be there all week and get to come home on the weekends. And I figured, hey, I crack her back every day. I should go for a week without that. I'm going to get there partway <laughs> through the week. And so halfway through the week was about me. Tuesday or so, so. So I left about 3.30 in the afternoon and rode through the night and People say, well, we rode through the night. I say, yeah, it's a lot easier riding then. There's a lot less traffic on the roads, and it's not as hot in the sun at night. The only thing I had to kind of watch out for was 
in the evening and early morning, people would let their dogs out. And uh, I only had a few that came after me. One that I'm sure could have gotten me, but I heard its owner hollering at it, and it stopped and went back. But I'd planned a longer trip when I was a senior in high school. I was going to ride from Zender and Niger down to Joss. But I got sick the week before I did that. And I think that was probably the Lord protecting me from doing something that it was too stupid and foolish that I didn't didn't know to, not to do then. But, but, but the longest one I did in in Nigeria was probably riding from just to Yankari Game Reserve. And uh, we had a overnight and a weekend trip to was that high, high school? school. High school. And uh, others would load their stuff on the bus and go and I loaded my stuff on the bus and then rode the bike. And uh, Is that a but camping trip? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that was mostly a high school get away from school for the weekend and go see what animals we could see. Baboons. Yeah. There were a lot of baboons and and look for the elephants or got to see a few of them but mostly it was trying to make sure the baboons didn't steal our food while we were there for the weekend so. did the baboons steal any of your stuff not that weekend but um when you and your mom and I got to go back there when we were on vacation for a while. We came back to the hut we were staying in and found the door ajar and the baboon had gotten in. I don't remember what it got, whether it was some carrots or something. But oh, it no, the door wasn't ajar. We were we were in there taking a nap, and the baboon put its feet up against the door and yanked it, and it broke the lock mm. and came in. Yeah, it stole a um, baggie of carrots or something off the table. We thought it took the camera, but it wanted the food instead. Mm-hmm. But it, it stole Rachel's doll at one point when we were down by the river. Mm-hmm. But they had the baboons, though, had been known to come after little kids mm-hmm. so that it took your doll was okay. <laughs> got it, eventually dropped it and we got it back. But I'm just glad it didn't take you or try to get you because you were pretty little probably three maybe two three I can't remember and you were really mm-hmm. small you're a short little thing when we came back to the US I needed a, a belt for your well I went to Europe needed a belt for your pants and didn't have one so I used a shoelace <laughs> she was like she was less than 30 pounds she was like 27 pounds when she was four. You're a little thing. Yeah. 
More of a mother, no belt. Just a shoelace. Just a Improvise. <laughs> I think I'll, when it comes to biking stories that you think you just need to add. No? You can okay. We'll wrap this one up then. Okay. Mm-hmm.